morning routine. Cap and Jay Hood. Follow Cap J Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's Home for Sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Woo! Welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. David Kaplan's off today. I am Jay Hood on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. We'll open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN without Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going. Brought to you by Connie's Pizza. Not just this show, but all the shows you can watch live. On Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN went down in Chicago. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Football Friday. So much to talk about here on the show today. By the way, so before we get into what I want to talk to you about, so Shay, I'm I'm at um, the Dunkin' Donuts this morning, and you're in the drive-through because, as I told you, the one in Jackson Highlands. Uh, where I go to on the south side, you can't go in there at 5 a.m. The doors are locked, so you got to go through the drive-through. And so there I am getting the, the coffee that I usually get. Ah, ah, that sounds good. That's and by the way, that's coffee. By the way, and that's not what you think it is. That's my spoon uh, hitting the cup. Nonetheless, I just wanted you to know that I'm there and I order. And before I order, there's a pace bus, like a pace van. And, Jay Moore, you've seen these, right? I think they take the elderly for dialysis or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, they pick them up. Yeah, so it's like this pace thing. It's a big white pace. And so she's to my right. And the lady said, excuse me, may I help you? And the lady from the pace uh, uh, little van says, yeah, let me have uh, black coffee, three sugars. Also, let me have a uh, breakfast sandwich and hash browns. Thank you. And I'm like, wait, I'm the one closest to the window. Wait, wait, hold on a second. So someone that's not even in the line, again, there's a drive through but she's to the right of me yelling out her order over my, over my vehicle. Like, wait, hold on a second. So that person gets precedence over me. I'm the one that's next in line. But she's to my right, I don't know, maybe 10 yards away, sh- shouting out her order. Let me have a black coffee, three sugars. Let me have a sandwich. And let me have, like, hold on a second. So now, what well, my point is, Shay, is like, everyone's changing the rules now, right? Everyone's just, 2023, you just be able to shout out an order, just in that, not be behind me, but to the side of me shouting out an order. What about me? Instant gratification. Everybody's got to get what they want right away. I mean, what, what, is, what is going on with society where even people just can't just do what we've seen for, for years, there is a drive-in that's a drive-through that's built. So you have one car at a time. The idea that she is to my right, shouting out an order, and the lady's like, "Okay, I got it." That they might be friends, they might know each other, but there's a protocol. What happened to protocol in this country? You know what it is? McDonald's ruined it when they started the two drive-through lanes. Yes. Now everybody thinks it's just acceptable to get into the side of it and scream. Wait a minute! Like that? Like and by the way, if it was a twofer. Like you said, if it was one of those things, like I, can, I, I get it, right? You, because she has her own, uh, you know, uh, menu. In speaker front of box. Her. Yeah, the whole speaker box, if you're part of the expression. She's got her own box. My whole point is, is that she didn't have her own box. I had my box. How is she going to have her box? Like, I, no, you, she can't scream into my Phrasing. box. <laughs> oh, I, maybe I should have said that. But you understand the point, though, Shay, right? Shay? <laughs> I can't get over. I can't get over the thought. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. We'd get in trouble. I'm just saying she didn't have her own box. I had my box. She had. I mean, she didn't have a box to scream into. That's all I'm saying. 
And you know, <laughs> I forgot what we were talking. About. Oh yeah, well, just oh, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yes. So I just, I, I just don't, I don't understand protocol. What happened to the protocol? That's my point. You know, I know that there's a mayoral mayoral race happening here, and there's always. I would run on protocol. That would be my my stance. What happened to protocol in this country? Follow the damn rules. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't win, but I'm saying that that's that's, that's the thing I would stand on. Put me in the debate. Well, I'm running on protocol. Taxes? Uh, crime? No, protocol. And I'll give the Dunkin' Donuts story and I'll get a few votes from that, I'm sure. That's how I looked at it. That's how I started my morning. Screaming over the top. Like, like what is going on here? Anyway, that's how I started my day. It's not necessarily bad, but just odd. I'm, I'm all here for the odd. It wasn't like a bad day because I still got my order, but just the <laughs> Like, who screams over the top of another uh, customer to get their order? It's just, but that's what, that's my day today. But it's much better now because I'm at the uh, Old National Bank Studios. And I want to talk to you about a number of things here this morning. But first, I want to, something about the Bulls-Pistons game resonated with me. Not necessarily the game, because that's not what we're going to break down this morning. I want to talk to you about what I saw in Paris, France. In Paris, France, watching the Bulls, because that's where they played yesterday. I saw a whole bunch of Bulls jerseys everywhere. And that's, that's pretty commonplace. There's Bulls fans everywhere because of Michael Jordan. You know, when I was watching that game, you know what occurred to me? We in Chicago are lacking star power. It's because of the teams and the unwillingness to be a winning perennial franchise. You know, growing up on the south side of the city, 20 minutes from guaranteed rate field, was a home that couldn't wait for the big game to come on the television. The big game could be a Bears game. It could be a boxing event. It could be baseball, basketball. My dad and his friends pretty much raised me on watching big games and pointing out difference-making players. And through the haze of the cigar and pipe and cigarette smoke and the brown liquor flowing while watching that big box TV was a lot of stars on that television that we would see from the city. I was able to enjoy what a star looks like in this, in this town when I was a kid. I was able to enjoy what a star in sports looks like. So what is the media saying about my guy? I would wonder as a kid, right? Now, what's the media saying about my team? What's the media saying about my organization? The organization that I plant my flag for. The teams that my dad and my cousins and my uncles love to come over to the hood house to watch. What are they saying about them? That's what I would wonder as a kid because you couldn't wait to be able to go and check out those newspaper clippings or those magazines when I was a kid. It was cool because as a lifelong sports fan, you want to learn so much about your favorite team. So as I mentioned, I was in the Hood Cave yesterday, the rare time where you could watch the NBA on a weeknight or on a weekday because it was a 2 o'clock game. So I'm watching Bulls Pistons and the game in Paris, France. And it was a much bigger event than I thought it would be. There was rappers there, actors, basketball, royalty was there. Other dignitaries were there in Paris for this random regular season game, right? There are so many Bulls fans in Paris. They either flew in to be there live in that city or they're just Bulls fans that's in France. A producer from NBC Sports Chicago that flew over texted me and said that, that arena had this United Center feel from the fans, which is completely dope, right? It's great that it was that feeling like it felt like a Bulls home game because there's so many Bulls fans that were in Paris for this game. Bulls jerseys, everywhere to represent. It also was a celebration of the continued strength of the international footprint on today's NBA game. When the Bulls and Michael Jordan, along with B.J. Armstrong, who was then a Bulls guard, and now he's an NBA agent. When they were at the game yesterday, they were, ta- they were there because it represented when they played in Paris in 1997. Think about this. About one of every 14 NBA players was born outside the United States during that time, in 1997. But I guess my bigger point to this is, is that Michael Jordan casted such a wide shadow over our city. Michael Jordan casted such a wide shadow over the country and the world. Bigger than Oprah, bigger than Siskel and Ebert, bigger than anything else you could think of in Chicago at the time. Bigger than anything. And actually, Michael Jordan was bigger than any one franchise. Bigger than most companies. And people to this day marvel at the exploits 
of players like Walter Payton and the Bears from 1985. Because it's about personalities. It's about winning. It's about traditions. They're all components of staying power in the sports landscape in this city. So we can talk about the past, which I just did with Jordan and Peyton. But let's talk a little bit about today. Where are we today? 2023 on January 20th. Where are we today as far as star power is concerned? Because the thing that makes sports go round and round is star power. It's one thing to say, I root for this team, I love this team, but it's something to be said about one of your favorite teams that has a star on it, where it's like, not only are they a star in Chicago, but they're a star in their sport, that they're a difference maker, a cornerstone in the sport. So what about today? We talk at nauseum about Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears, and rightfully so, because he was drafted by the Bears, and we saw some signs of life from that position for the first time in a long time. Justin Fields is the guy for the Chicago Bears. And I think that you can easily say that because look at the rest of the roster. Nothing against Eddie Jackson. Nothing against uh, you know, some of the other guys in the secondary for this Bears team. Nothing against David Montgomery or Cole Komet. But we all know that Justin Fields is that guy. A lightning rod for conversation and very polarizing. Is he the star in Chicago? When you think of all the stars, is he the guy? What about with the Chicago Bulls, with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan? Now, those two guys are not homegrown. I mean, Justin Fields, as you all know, homegrown with this uh, Bulls team, uh, with his Bears team. But with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, not homegrown for the Bulls, but they play for the Bulls. What about Taves and Kane for the Hawks? Remember them? Remember the Blackhawks? They're still around, by the way. They still play hockey. But those two, part of... Multiple championship teams for the Chicago Blackhawks. Candace Parker is a Hall of Famer, the GOAT, playing for the Chicago Sky. I'm glad that she's in this city where she left Los Angeles. She's with Chicago. She's back home. I'm glad that we have a star in Candace Parker with the Chicago Sky. Now you look around the landscape for the rest, and it's like Dylan Cease and Tim Anderson and Kyle Hendricks and Dansby Swanson, who just got here. I think that our city's bereft of quality stars. And I know a lot of that comes from winning. A lot of that comes from teams having a a commitment to winning. But here's what I want to talk to you about. And, Shay, let's open the phone lines this morning, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's our telephone number. I want to talk to you a little bit about who represents Chicago sports in 2023. If Justin Fields is the number one guy on your list, then who's second? Is there a distant second there, or is there someone that comes to mind you say, well, you know what, when you think of Chicago sports, you think of... Because I think it's, it would be sad that in 2023, as we have this conversation on this snowy Friday morning, that the person that represents Chicago is still Michael Jordan. That's a shame. Michael Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets. Michael Jordan is not in the public eye in Chicago. I wish he was around more often, but he's got business with the Charlotte Hornets. And even though that he did so much for the city while he played you know, in the post, he was with the Wizards as a front office person, as a player, and he's with Charlotte. He's never around. He's never in the public eye. Um, as much as I love Walter Payton, he's passed away, and I know that he's in the hearts and minds of many that love the Chicago Bears and Walter Payton because Sweetness was a special player. But what about 2023? Like if I say... Who's the guy who represents Chicago sports in 2023? If Justin Fields comes first, then who's the close second? When you go out of town, and I know many of you travel that listen to the show, or if you're living someplace else, you say, I'm from Chicago, and they're a Chicago sports fan. Do they go, when you have those conversations, do they go back to the 80s and 90s and talk about sports in Chicago, or do they talk about what's happening in 2023? So let's talk about it. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. We are lacking star power in this city in 2023. Let's see if we can find them here. So who represents Chicago sports in 2023? We'll take your phone calls on that. Captain J. Hood, morning 7 to 10. That's why I say Shot. No shot. With Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I say Good morning and welcome into the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. David Kaplan's off today. I'm Jay Hood here on this Football Friday. 
Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN with Down in Chicago. Thanks for keeping the conversation going. Where are we at in the conversation? We're talking about the Bears and everything else. It is brought to you by Connie's Pizza. That's where you can find Twitch. All right, time for Shot or No Shot. Here's Shay Norley. Shay? Oh, good morning, Hoodie. How are we? How are we this morning? I'm doing very well, and happy uh, National DJ Day to all our DJs. You know, it's so funny about DJing, and, and Johnny can tell you this too. Uh, it's nothing like the my FM friends that are listening to the show. They want to do what we do. So they want to do. I mean, they they want to play this. Absolutely, they want to have that home, but they want to do this. They love the freedom of us cracking up and being mad and having the freedom to talk. Meanwhile, there's just like. Oh, we've got Rihanna in studio. Rihanna, tell us about your album. Well, it's a really good album. Oh, we are, got Rihanna in studio. Watch the rest of my Facebook page and then to, to commercial, right? They wish they had the freedom that we have. <laughs> That's the thing. I did the overnight uh, music jock gig for the first like year of my career. Yeah. I've never hated anything more. Because you can't talk more. You can't, can't do anything. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, how does my personality shine in six seconds or less? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but now my FM friends want to do what we do, and I want to do what they do. I'm ready to talk. I'm, in my career, I'm ready to talk less. I've noticed it's quieter in there today. I'm trying to figure out I why that might be. I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Interesting. Here's Shane uh, Norland. The Justin Fields trade machine may have reached fever pitch this week with Nick Wright suggesting a, frankly, bat bleep trade between the Bears and Ravens. Mm-hmm. Wright said the Ravens should be interested in trading Lamar Jackson to the Bears for Justin Fields one for one, saying it works because the Bears have the cap space to pay Lamar the big contract and the Ravens can get a sort of win-now quarterback. Shot or no shot. I want to ask about more Lamar Jackson than the trade. Lamar really is just a cautionary tale for Justin Fields' future. Uh, and when you say cautionary tale, you mean? He's now hurt. Yeah. He looks to be half the player he was. A yeah. uh, lot of mileage on him. A yeah. lot of using him in a one-dimensional way and makes you nervous. I, I, um, that is a shot that that is the case for sure. There's a lot of tread on those tires. I heard John Harbaugh's press conference yesterday where he said that everyone's on board. Everyone wants Lamar back. Everyone does, you know, and Lamar is a smart guy and he can determine what his future is. I just think that I'm going with Justin Fields. This is nothing against Lamar Jackson, but I have a feeling that they'll somehow Lamar and the Ravens will meet in the middle and they'll come up with a deal. But yeah, I heard what Nick Wright had to say. You know, you got to fill time, I guess, when you're on FS1. Uh, I don't like the idea of, of doing that one-for-one one trade. I understand from Nick's standpoint, he goes, well, here's someone experienced versus someone who's not. Bears wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that either. And I don't know how healthy Lamar is going to be moving forward. So for me, that's a no shot. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just absurd to me. The The idea that you would trade uh, a rookie deal, at least three years of one, for pay him now, like – you're going to alter the clock entirely to the end game of your clock before you even fix the roster. It's kind of just nonsense. The whole thing with the Justin Fields trade factory, they're just making stuff up at this point. Nobody's sourcing any of this. It's just a guy sitting in front of a mic or a camera and saying some whatever pops into his head because, like you said, guess you got to fill time. It's it's not even mired in reality anymore. I'll just, if no one's heard me say this, now that I'm here, I'm solo. I could be able to just say this in a loud, clear voice. I do not expect the Bears to make a move for that number one pick. I don't expect that. I expect them to be able to stand pat with who they are cornering for the number one pick and then try to get more picks at some point throughout this draft. But I think that they're going to be stuck on a number one. That's what I expect. That's what I expect from the Bears. And because they've been so conservative, it's just the way that they – this is nothing against polls. The Bears have been conservative like that for a long time. So that's what I expect, that they're going to stamp out with one, and then moving forward to the draft, they're going to get more picks because they need bodies badly because they got to reimagine this franchise with young players. So that's what I expect from the Bears at House Hall. Shay. All right, ESPN ranked each NFL team by the productivity of their rookie classes, and despite not having a first-round pick, the Bears were ranked in the top ten with the eighth most productive rookie class in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Shot or no shot, this gives you confidence that this front office will get the draft right. Um, Well, that's a no shot, but here's why. All I have to go on is the last draft. 
right? That's all I've got to go on is the last draft. And you take a look at that draft, and I, I just I knew that I'd have a problem with Valus Jones because I watched him in college, and I go, if he's a special teams guy, if he's Glenn Milburn, or if he's someone that could be able to help you in the special teams game, all good, right? And then you see what he did not do. Even when the Bears are down and out, you thought he'd be part of the passing game, Shane. He was not. That's the guy that I circle for this draft. So when I look at the first year, I don't see like difference makers yet for this draft. So I can't give him the benefit of the doubt. I think that's only fair. I only based it on what I saw in this last draft. So at this point in time, it's a no shot. Fair? It's just one year, but let me give me this. Give me the star that spins out of there besides uh, Gill, the punter, Sanborn. Uh-huh. Jaquan Brisker, uh-huh. Kyler Gordon. I think overall the, the draft was really quite good. And I get like there should be concerns in his ability to eva- polls, in his ev- ability to v- evaluate uh, wide receivers. Belichick can't evaluate wide receivers either. He never has been able to, and the Patriots were quite good for a very long time. So that's not necessarily make or break to me in the draft if you hit everywhere else. And I think Bulls did that. The Valus Jones mistake is very loud and right there it it shines like in a yeah, in a draft that's just good there's nothing really great there but a lot of good the Valus Jones whiff shines it's kind of like the whole season was Ryan Poles doing a lot of good and then Chase Claypool and that's the thing that you highlight because it's so loud and it's so clearly not working just because it was because it was a wide receiver rich draft that's what gets me because you had quality wide receivers in that draft that you could have taken, and you went that way. Yeah, that's Pickens fi- was there. Yeah, that's fine. They're just I hope they're able to fix that at some point in free agency in the draft. And again, it's very difficult to judge an entire draft based on one year, but I just need to see what happens next. That's when I can give it the benefit of the doubt. All right, Shay, what else do we have? All right, I want to talk about the Bulls. They got a dominant win over the Pistons in Paris yesterday. Uh, the real optimism for Billy Donovan's squad lies in the time they were able to spend together overseas. Mm-hmm. The coach said he's optimistic that after the full team was able to have their friends and family all together in one city and spend time together on their own, they might start playing for each other. He would not, though, commit to this being a turning point because he said, quote, there's been some other times he thought they turned the corner this season, and they didn't. Shot or no shot? These Bulls are the spitting image of last year's White Sox. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're saying the Bulls are the spitting image of this, that's a 500 team that underachieves. Well, so far that is a shot that they are an underachieving team because that's what the White Sox were. There's no question. And again, and we'll talk about the Bulls later on in our show and kind of review where we are here through what are we, 45 games of the season. Uh, it is really a head-scratcher to see the Bulls get up for Golden State, get up for Boston, get up for the upper echelon, and then just lay down for some of the dregs of the NBA. It's it's just a weird team that way where if you're young and erratic like Houston, you're, you know, Orlando, teams like that that don't know how to win yet, but the Bulls can't do anything with those teams. That's just very strange. So I would say, yeah, that is at this point in time, it is a shot. That's for sure. I That game against the Pistons... They were a seven and a half point favorite, and I was looking at it. and I said, "Hmm, can the Bulls hold on here? Can they beat a Pistons team that isn't very good at all? Because that's usually the teams that the Bulls lose to." So I, I, um, I would say shot to that. It's funny, both owned by under the Reinsdorf umbrella, and both teams kind of underachieving, kind of floundering. Yeah, that's the common thread, right? You chase it up the line, you get to the common point. But it is—it's kind of shocking how it's. Two teams that were projected to be much better than they have been. Obviously, the Bulls weren't as highly projected as the White Sox, but were projected to be much better than they have been. And both two teams that seem to like kind of hate each other. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that the Bulls were able to come together and kiss and make up at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I saw a lot of pictures of that boy. My God, a lot of pictures of the Bulls by the Eiffel Tower, all the places in Paris. I'm glad. If, hopefully, hey, look, here's, what, here's what I look at. Shay, they better get along because there won't be any deals. <laughs> we know that. You better get along with your guys in the locker room because it ain't like you're going to be saying goodbye to any of these people. I don't know if there's going to be no deals anymore. One day the report says they're standing pat. The next day, everybody's realistically a trade candidate. Till I hear anything, any rumblings on the west side, I believe they're going to stand pat. I haven't heard nothing over there. I got people that have zero, nothing. When I call over there, it's like, hey, 
I'd ask somebody, say, hey, what's going on with the Bulls? Nothing. That's what I get. Dial tone. It's like a church over there. (laughs) I'm just telling you. All right, what else? All right, it's NFL Divisional Round Weekend. It's a weekend traditionally that delivers. Last year, three of the four games were decided by a field goal. All four were decided by one score. Of course, the highlight Chiefs Bills overtime, Chiefs by a touchdown. Shot or no shot, the NFL's Divisional Round is the best football weekend of the year. The Divisional Round. I think it's the Final Four. The Final Four sometimes, Shay, is better than the Super Bowl, is it not? To, to, to determine the conference The Super Bowl is so often a letdown that mm-hmm. I think both divisional round and conference championship weekend are better than the Super Bowl. I won't say a no shot to it. I, I think that leading up to who's going to be in the Final Four is good. I also like the Final Four. Sometimes the Super Bowl doesn't give you what you're looking for. It's like wrestling fans. Like, oh, it's, it's WrestleMania. Oh, WrestleMania sucks. I like the Royal Rumble better. I like the other pay-per-views better. Sometimes, the, the, what, like the national championship game, now, even if my team's not in it, you're looking forward to it, and then you see it, and it's like, boy, that's lousy. That's just lousy. Just lay there like a plate of piss. It's nothing, right? You want to have something that you can be excited for. And so, yeah, this is why I'm looking forward to this weekend because I don't know what the world, what the uh, Super Bowl is going to bring. I hope it's entertaining. I, I'm just looking forward to just something new with the new quarterbacks and young quarterbacks that are in there because that tells a story about the next, I think, decade in the National Football League. That's fun. That's fun for me. I think it's showing us kind of the future of football, too, where, like, for a long time, you had to be the prototypical Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, not super mobile. Like, Aaron Rodgers has some mobility, but mostly just the pocket passer, kind of regular pro-style guy. Now, all these young quarterbacks and college football spread offense has come to the league. Yes. It's a totally new thing, and I, it's, I think that's the future. Shout out to Eddie from the north side listening to the program that also agrees that he loves the, the wide-open nature of quarterbacks where he can spread out, and he does not. Will Levis? <laughs> he wants, what about that kid out of Stanford? I want a five-step drop and the quarterback getting pounded. That's what I want. No, quarterbacks roam around, college and pro. It's just the way the football is today. It's, it's fun. It's a wide-open look at the National Football League offensively. It's fun for me. All right, coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. There are five NFL teams I really admire that we're going to see here uh, in the playoffs. I'll give you those five and get your thoughts. I see you, Joe. You're talking about the team that you're adopted. We'll take your phone calls on that as well. There are no Bears. But if you take a look at these playoffs, is there a team that you're going to watch and say, you know what, I'm going to adopting this team on Saturday or Sunday for the NFL playoffs? We'll take your phone calls on that and more. On the ride into work, it's Cap and J. Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and J. Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. We're on the road to Super Bowl 57, NFL playoffs, one at 3.30, the other one at 7.15 tomorrow, Sunday, 2 o'clock and 5.30. Make your plans to check out some divisional round quality, restaurant quality football. We're talking to you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Cap is off today. I'm Jay Hood on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Still to come in our next segment, we will do our NFL picks. We'll take a look at uh, who's going to win, who's not going to uh, win for these games should be a lot of fun um, to watch these games. I can't wait for the weekend. Uh, I want to talk to you about five teams I admire and why. But first, let me go to the UK and say hello to Bear Lissimo. He joins us here on ESPN 1000, Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, bruv. Good morning, bruv. Hoodie, hoodie, Johnny, Johnny boy. Yes. Um, I've got to take issue with the first the first pick overall thing that take with Ryan Poles. And also the draft class from last year, because I think maybe, maybe just maybe, we're looking at last year's draft class and what he did there, and maybe judging it on a standard that's too high. A lot of people are looking at Carla Gordon and comparing him to Source Gardner. Well, Source Gardner was taking what, you know, top 10 picks overall, mm-hmm. Carla Gordon at the end of the second round. So it's easy for us to look and second guess draft picks that we had, but you have to look at the end of the season because that's where, you know, developments have happened. Towards middle, towards the end of last season, those players were playing better 
Dominic Robinson is in his what, second, third year at the position overall. He hadn't played that position at all before that. And then Braxton Jones coming from where he did come from, the progression that he showed during the season was nothing short of remarkable. So he quite clearly can spot talent. You know, Jack Salmon, UDFA, he quite clearly can spot talent. And that's the reason why it makes more sense to draft away from number one overall than, than at number one overall. If I'm at number one overall, uh, there's no player that, that is in a position of need and value, the draft value that Ryan Pulse talks about, you know, offensive line, defensive line, edge, cornerback. Mm-hmm. There is no player and wide receiver and QB. We've already got the QB, so we can rule that one out. So, and that's where the value is for people that want to trade with us. So I think we will trade out of one. I think we'll trade out of one and possibly out of two and possibly out of four. And I think we'll get a lot more draft picks. And then we'll end up with, like, you know, Brian Brissy. We'll end up with, like, a Tory Wilson. We'll end up with you know, maybe a Miles Murphy or someone like that in the first round. And I think we'll be happier than if we just get a Will Anderson Jr. And definitely not, how no, Jalen Carter. Not at the top ten, <laughs> not in the top ten picks. You're going against my college there, Berlus Simone. I know that. I know that. I know. I know. You know, I love his upper body strength. I love his hand violence. I love his talk. With his, you know, his ability to talk people away from him. That Reggie White hump move that he has. Mm-hmm. He has all of that. But I see him get crossed up with his feet. I get him to drop his head into double teams. I see him on the deck a lot. I see him get double teamed out of plays. I see him get singled out of plays against lesser lesser teams like South Carolina, for example, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's too much risk for me in the top five, Jalen Carter. Well, let's address this, and I want to appreciate your telephone call just very briefly. I just want to just say that when we take a look at, at this draft, and you mentioned that you expect to see something uh, better from Braxton Jones and then Dominic Robinson, again, has not been in his position very long uh, in, in the NFL. Um, all I'm telling you is that it's just my gut feeling that the Bears will stay at one. You, you feel that there's going to be more picks and they'll trade down. If it happens, it happens. I'm just telling you my gut feeling is is that he'll be at one and be able to garner more picks uh, moving forward throughout the draft. I'm, I'm glad to be wrong and because if it's true that he goes down and get more picks, they better be able to pay dividends in three years or less. I look at Gordon and Brisker, and I know Shea's high on them, and I like that, uh, that it was a big swing to try to improve the secondary, but they still have a lot to prove as well. They're young in the position. They made some mistakes as well. The hope is that they can grow and really be cornerstones for the franchise for the next, you know, as long as they're going to be here. But again, as Shea said, and I said, I still circle Bales Jones at wide receiver and think, okay, so he comes in here 35 years old. Was it Shea? He's 35 when he was drafted? Something like that? 42, I think. I think. <laughs> Well, what is it? So he was. He went to. He came from USC, but then he went to Tennessee. And so Tennessee, yeah. I think, has the Michigan rule. You said yesterday to me, "Yeah, I'm 27, but because I'm from Michigan, I got to double it." Times two. So I'm 54, 28. I don't even know how old I am. Yes, that is the sign of getting old. <laughs> uh, no, Valus Jones spent some time in Tennessee. I think he got to triple his age. Yeah, I just, I you know, and, and the whole thing with me is, is that even this draft class, a lot to prove, a lot to prove. I'm not down on it. I'm just saying that, boy, I just can't wait for the Bears to win. I think we all feel that way. 312-332-3776. Okay. So let's go through some teams that I really admire. And I'm going to start with the Bears just for the conversation. Because the Bears and what they're building, by having uh, Kevin Warren as a president, and you can look at that resume, and it'll be very difficult for you to punch holes in the resume of what Warren has brought to not only college football, but also the pros. He's able to help build a stadium in Minneapolis with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm very excited about what he can do as far as being able to get a really state-of-the-art stadium for the Chicago Bears. I mean, as much as I have memories of Soldier Field going to Bears games, I don't mind something new, and I'm all for it, and Warren's part of that with Fields as a quarterback for this football team, with Poles, with Eberflus. You know, it's just about garnering experience for Fields, Poles, and Eberflus in particular to be able to flourish at the positions that they're in. So I just look at that, and I think about what Warren said uh, a couple of days ago and just how he commanded the room and talked about the timing of taking this job as he was just commissioner of the Big Ten. I'd say the challenge, I mean, most of the time if you look at some of these NFL franchises, you may have one of the items. We have about five. Hmm. You know, we, we have the number one pick. We have draft capital. We have free agency. We have salary cap resources. We have a stadium solution. Um, so, you know, when, when, you, when, when you, you, you get an opportunity to do this, especially if you're a person 
that embraces challenges, then it, it's exciting. It's uh, not for the it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for 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 everyone. But it really is exciting to be able to attack all these things at the same time. So thoughts there from Kevin Warren. He was on with Carmen Yurko. Hear that interview in its entirety on Carmen Yurko on the ESPN Chicago app. So when I think of look, look at Kansas City and what they've been able to accomplish, they're averaging 29 points a game. It's the modern NFL when you could be able to put up that many points a game because more times than not, they are getting the job done with Mahomes and Kelsey, taking a look at McKinnon, running the football with, with others on that team, looking at um, Smith-Schuster as a wide receiver, and uh, Valdez-Scantling, the former Packer on that team, McKinnon. I mean, this team is humming. And, you, and again, with Andy Reid and his offense and, and what they do, and then again, defensively, they're pretty solid. I just like how that organization runs. Because so, for a while, Kansas City was just, a, just an also-ran, just a decent franchise. But every time you see them, every time you see Patrick Mahomes on the field, you have a feeling that Kansas City can win a game. With Philadelphia, with Hurts and Sanders uh, watching this team, Hurts, of course, at the quarterback position, I equate him to Justin Fields. In the, and I know that there are two different guys, but where Hurts is right now, I can't wait to see if there's another level to his game, especially here in the postseason, because that could be the blueprint of exactly what the Bears could be. Philadelphia is averaging 28 points a game. I just think that they are run very well. Um, they are the, the organization more times than not and says, okay, if we're missing something, we're okay to add a piece. That's the thing, Shade, I like about um, these organizations, these football teams. Teams like Kansas City, teams like Philadelphia, if they're missing a piece, they're able to have a system. I always think for any team, you can look at a team and say, okay, I know who they are. I know who their stars are. I know the difference makers on, those, on their team. And hopefully the Bears can be that at some point as well. San Francisco. Obviously, we all have to be really impressed by San Francisco and what they've done because this is their not their second quarterback. This is their third quarterback in Brock Purdy that we're going to see this weekend. Your third string out there, and they're running a system, and it's even more so than the players and what they have. I mean, sure, who's not impressed with McCaffrey running the football? Who's not impressed by Samuel and and um, and Kittle and Ayuk? And, and those, and again, what they do defensively. You can't be, you have to be impressed by what they are able to bring to the table. But John Lynch has a really good franchise here. And with their third quarterback, it's pretty clear the system works, at least up to this point. Because easily they could have just cashed out and say, okay, we don't have Trey Lance anymore. There's no Garoppolo. Okay, we're done. But, it, but I like that they have enough players to hold up this seventh round draft pick and Purdy. And they're able to be a cornerstone franchise now. They haven't won the Super Bowl yet, yet. I mean, obviously they have not. But I do like that they are going to be a perennial playoff team. Buffalo with Josh Allen. So I look at this team here is averaging 28 points a game. And I'm watching what they do defensively. I like what Gabe Davis and Diggs, Singletary running the football for them. Buffalo, <laughs> where else would you rather be? And right here, right now, with the Buffalo Bills, right? What a, what a fantastic franchise that they've become. And then with Cincinnati. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow as the quarterback for this team. Uh, I love uh, what they were last year getting to the playoffs. And I thought, okay, so to get to the Super Bowl, will they be able to get to the playoffs again? And the answer is yes. An injury to Burrow, they go to the Super Bowl, and they're right back in the playoffs again. We talked yesterday, yesterday about the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And we talked about Burrow in this spot is a top five quarterback. And that happened quickly, sonically. Get to the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden, here you are here once again in the playoffs. I'm very impressed by Cincinnati, which was just another franchise that was just um, very mediocre under Marvin Lewis. And now look what's happened here. Zach Taylor and Cincinnati are a team to watch. So I like those five franchises uh, that we're going to see here in the playoffs, in particular Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Buffalo, Cincinnati. I just wonder, out of those teams I mentioned, Shay, how close can the Bears be to any of those franchises? See, I like the Philadelphia model because I think they're consistent. Again, there's no Super Bowl championship just yet this year, but I like what they have as a franchise. You know me. I mean, I, for me, the NFL is kind of binary. Do you win or do you lose? And I think that if you make the right hires, if you get the right quarterback, you can win more often than you lose. And that's really what it comes down to. So I'm setting my expectation at the point that, look, the Philadelphia set up the model where you get the GM right. 
you let the quarterback kind of marinate and then put the roster in place and insulate the quarterback enough that, hey, things look pretty good. And I think if you got the higher right, if you believe Poles is that guy, if you believe Eberflus is a good enough coach or Getzi is a good enough play caller, then, yeah, I think you can do this fairly quickly and follow that Philadelphia model of insulate the roster a little bit through the draft, get a little savvy in the trade market, and then when you're ready, press the button and go get the wide receiver, then there you go. If that's if you got the higher right, then you make enough moves that are right along the way. I think that that's the way you go. I like the word savvy. It's just someone that's at the poker table, and you, he doesn't make a move. He doesn't blink. But you know when he, when he throws that card out, he's going to make the right move. That's what, that's what I want the Bears to be, that smooth operator, Sharday, to be that smooth operator that can be able to say, okay, when the time's right, we're going to make the right moves. We don't panic. We don't blink. Quarterback's out. We'll replace the quarterback. A wide receiver's out. Okay, we'll be able to have a system in place in which either we get one or there's someone in the pipeline that's on our team that can step up and fill the bill. That's so important for a franchise. Even when the Patriots were the dynasty, when they were the crown jewel of the NFL, they didn't do, outside of trading for Randy Moss, they didn't do anything flashy. They just got things right. They drafted Rob Gronkowski. The the Chandler Jones trade, everybody thought was insane, but you get back the one piece that you need in an offensive tackle, and it just works. Or the times where you trade away an offensive tackle, and you just know the right time to get rid of somebody, and you know the guy who's about to burst onto the scene. You never do anything super flashy. You just hold the cards close to your chest, and you go by the book, and it works. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I... I look forward to these playoffs, but there's just organizations that that run well. And the hope is that the Bears can be one of those. You can see the building blocks. Now let's see the house being built over there at Hallis Hall. Coming up, we break down the divisional round games and give our picks. That's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. The Bulls beat the Pistons in Paris 126-108 to 108, behind 30 points from Zach Levine. The Blackhawks beat the Flyers 4-1 to for their fifth win in six games. And Mike Bray is stepping down as Notre Dame basketball coach at the end of the year. Because it's Friday. It's time for the Friday Folder. And you ain't got shit to do. On the Cap and Jay Hood Show. Friday folder here on Cap and Jay Hood. Cap is off today. I'm Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And the Friday folder is brought to you by ETI School. Now, something else along with that headline, Shay Norling is Loyola Marymount defeating Gonzaga, halting the 76-game winning streak for the Zags. That's a team you always bet against, everybody. Just keep betting against them. No national championship coming there. You know, one of the biggest the biggest monetary bet. This is such a cap thing. Now Danny's in my head. One of the biggest monetary bets I ever made was on Gonzaga to win that national t- championship against Baylor, yeah. and it was over in two minutes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I like to be on the other side of that that game yesterday. By the way, Loyola Marymount. Oh, that would have been nice. I don't know where. I don't know what the spread was. It had to be fifteen. Probably. No idea. Probably right. Uh, so. Uh, How the mighty have fallen, those Bulldogs. Yeah, they're just it's weird. All right. What didn't we get to today, uh, this week? Well, I want to start with something that irked you a little bit. Joe Kelly wrote a book. That's correct. Joe Kelly wrote a book, and I don't understand why. Your career's not over, right? You're not Jim Bouton. You're not a guy that's going to be where people are going to go rushing over to read your book. I just thought that was just kind of odd. Now, I know that he's polarizing Joe Kelly, but probably the right guy for the White Sox because they like guys with a little bit of an edge. And that's what Joe Kelly has. Um, but I was just surprised by that, that Joe Kelly has a book out. What, what would be interesting in a Joe Kelly book outside of him walking off the mound and licking, sticking his tongue out at the opposition? It's like the most random name to write a big book on baseball and like isn't it the titles about saving america's game or something reclaiming america's game it's i i like joe kelly admittedly i like the the big personality i like the uh waving his head at correa whoever that was doing the the pucker face yes i enjoy that but i don't the book thing like wait till you're a few years later or you have this legacy built up i think I get pe- whatever. More power to you. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was just a piece in the Sun t- and uh, Tribune I read about that, and I just kind of thought, Joe Kelly, really? 
I mean, I mean, maybe when your career's over, then maybe there's more to say. But I just does part of your angst about this stem from the fact that he was. Uh, uh, throwing the ball with his eyes closed for much of the year for the White Sox. <laughs> I think it, I think it was at least it appeared that way. From his book, Kelly hates the Houston Astros. Uh, he likes to fight. It says here by Hart's book, Kelly hoped that he could stay at Dodger. But was surprised that the White Sox was interested in him. Those are just some of the experts in there. I'm just kind of like, okay, then what? So he enjoys Dylan Cease's poetry. I didn't know Dylan Cease was a poet. Yeah, I don't even know if that should be out. I don't know if Dilly wants that out, actually. You know what should be out is a book of Dylan Cease's poems. Let's get a little Walt Whitman leaves the grass going, Dylan. Come on. That, that's a book I want to read. Guy was runner-up for Cy Young. Joe Kelly, keep it. Dylan Cease book collection of poems? That's what I want. I don't know if that should have been out there. I don't know if it was it was Joe Kelly's place to put that out there. But All right, what else? Uh, I saw this on Twitter. The Mil- you know, like most teams uh, in professional sports have the T-shirt cannon. Yeah. They'll pull out and you know, shoot T-shirts yes. out into the stands. The Milwaukee Bucks have a cannon that fires bratwurst into the stands. Oh, that'd be all for that. I got long enough arms to get that. Better I- or worse than the T-shirt cannon? Uh, better. Food is in there. Now, here's a question. Is it packed with condiments, too, or is it just a plain brat? It's a plain brat. There was a photo, and it was a very gray-looking bratwurst. <laughs> Great. The way you like it. A rare bratwurst. Right out of the package. See, the hot dog brat thing, like, even the burger. I want the burger a little more well done. Steak, rare. Nothing higher than rare. But burger, a little more well done because rare kind of gets loose and a little gross. Uh, the brat, the hot dog, char it. I want it, like, borderline burnt. Really? Yeah. No in-between with you with this. Rare or either burnt. That's what I'm learning right now. Like, like the steak can be medium, right? It's uh, lightly medium. I'm fine with that. And I want the bratwurst how it comes. It's great. But just if there's no condiments wrapped up in that, shouldn't there be some mustard, some sauerkraut in there as well? You got room? Put it in the foil. Wrap it all up. I'm a plain hot dog guy. No, No condiments? Nothing. Okay. So you're not a ketchup guy or a mustard guy? No, certainly not ketchup or mustard. No. Okay. The relish? No. no nothing. S- Genuinely nothing. Just the hot dog, the two pieces, the, the bun. That's it. Pickles, onions? Nothing. Sesame seed bun? Plain. Sesame seed bun is cool, but plain. Oh, man. Boy, that's high living, boy. That's farting through silk what you're doing. That's high living. Nothing around it. Just the just the food. That's right. And that, so the hot dog better be damn good. It's got to be good enough to survive on its own. You pack all that other garbage in it, then you, it, you're really just eating the other garbage, and the the beef is a vessel. Chase, do you like uh, condiments on your hot dog? Hello? You like condiments on your hot dog, Chase? No, I don't not even eat a hot dog either. I don't even like hot dogs. I, I used when I was little, I used to eat them all the time, and after a while, I got tired of eating it. What, what about burgers? You like anything on your burger? Um, more times than not, I like the only thing I like on my burgers: cheese, um, probably lettuce, probably pickles, and that's it. Onions. I mean, like me, I'm, I prefer my burgers like grilled rather than fried because grill is just something about that fresh grill. I don't know. It's just that good, you know, man. That Southside taste of grilled burgers, you know. <laughs> so, so, so there you go, Shay. He likes a little lettuce on there as well. So you wouldn't even have lettuce on your on your burgers. That's what you're saying. Not even lettuce. Nothing yeah. plain. All right. What else is in the folder? Uh, we got to hear from Stephen A. Smith, who was on Sherry Shepard's show and talked about uh, Rihanna's upcoming halftime performance at the Super Bowl. There's, There's one thing she's not. Uh huh. She ain't Beyonce. <laughs> Oh my the god. The way the crowd reacts just kills me. Oh my god. The the way it's like you would have thought he stood up on that stage and shot one of their family members the way that crowd reacts when he just says she's not Beyonce. The man just has an opinion and the crowd <gasps> <laughs> well, it's, it's, shout out to Sherry Shepard for calming the crowd because they were going to come after him. They're going to come out of their seats and start beating on the top of the head of Stephen A. Hold up, hold up, hold on a second. She's not Beyonce, but you wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> you hear how offended they are? What you say, MFA? What you say? All of a sudden, the women start swinging the purses at him, their clutch purse. Hammering away at Stephen A. Don't be hitting me up in my head. I mean, could you imagine that? I can't believe they weren't throwing things at him the way they reacted to that. Okay. 
He had to issue an apology hoodie. I saw this. And can I just tell you, I did not text Steve on this, but here's what's happened. A short breakdown. Here's what's happened, Shay. <sighs> Unlike me, Steve cannot turn off Stephen A. Smith. Can't turn it off, right? You're on a talk show to promote your book, and I'm happy that he's got his memoir out there and he's got his book. And they're talking about the Super Bowl uh, halftime show. And instead of just saying, you know what, I'm really happy that Rihanna's got this opportunity, he takes first take to the Sherry Shepard show. He takes it to podcasts. He takes it, everything is this against this. And he can't turn it off. I didn't text Steve on this, but I would tell him, like, even Rihanna and Beyonce, you can't win. I'm just telling you, like, Rihanna is, is great, but she's no Beyonce. Well, I mean, look, like, Bart Scott's not debating you on this. It's just that, hey, hey, I'm happy for Rihanna, right? I'm glad she's getting up. So you don't have to lessen and bring down Rihanna to be able to exalt Beyonce. They're both can't great. Wait. Right? They're both great. But he can't turn it off. Instead of just saying, I'm happy for Rihanna, it's going to be great. I mean, she's fantastic. She's a rising star. I mean, Rihanna. And the way he said it, though. Uh, uh, the way he said she's she's no Beyonce. You know, that's crazy. Give it's me so good. It's such perfect Stephen A. delivery of Rihanna's this and that. She's great. She's wonderful. But one thing she's not. Right. She's not Beyonce. Give me, uh, Johnny, give me my, my board here. I mean, I just, I just want to give a little sample here. There's one thing she's not. Uh-huh. She ain't Beyonce. I know she's not Beyonce, but you know, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I still can't get over that crowd. I mean, you really would have thought he committed some heinous crime on that stage, the way these people react. You hear the one woman at the start of that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I can't believe the reaction. Hoodie, you know what we have to do with this. Hmm. Beyonce or Rihanna. Oh, my God. I'm going to put it on the poll, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They'll think I'm asking the question and I'm going to get attacked because, you know, it trends, right? We're going to get so many quote tweets on this. Oh, my God. First of all, I mean, we get a lot of that, right? First of all, Beyonce is the goat, all this stuff. And But why can't Steven just go in there? Steve, say something nice about Rihanna. It's not a Rihanna against Beyonce, but he made it that way. So so now he's a three-minute apology in a van someplace. I saw the video, just like, I just want to apologize, girl. You know, you know you're great, but you know Beyonce. By the size of that SUV, it's like he's getting kidnapped. Like it looks like (laughs) it's some terrible spy movie. Oh, man. I just keep waiting for the driver to throw a bag over his head. <laughs> like, it's the, the apology video is really like a hostage situation. By the way, the answer is Rihanna. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, do we have one more before we hear from Tracy? Is there one more in the folder we did not get to? Yeah, a woman at the Atlanta airport uh, tried to leave uh, Twin Peaks, I think, without paying for her meal. Yeah. And uh, so they went after her because obviously she has to pay for that. So her response to being, I guess hunted for not paying for a meal was to attack everybody with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not understand this lady. I mean, you have to pay for your meal. Yeah, she's you know, she's she's opened up the fire hydrant, uh, the um, fire extinguisher, and just started spraying everybody. <laughs> she used that as a mask. Like, if I spray everybody, then they'll go back and I can make a run for it. That's exactly what she did. But really, if somebody sprayed you with a fire extinguisher, you would stop whatever you're doing and wonder why they chose to spray you with a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Just to get out of that meal. Crazy lady. My God. All right, that is a Friday folder. I think we got to everything that we missed this week. uh, Brought to you by ETI School. Uh, All right, coming up, we'll hear from Tracy Butler to find out what's going to happen with the weekend weather. That's coming up next. You're listening to Cap and J. Hood weekday mornings at 7.